was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad. Just to root for the hometown through every zoo, Katie Blue. Welcome again, Town Ball friends and fans. This is your host, Josh Item, and we're here again on the Small Town Baseball Commute. For this episode, we once again get out of the St. Croix Valley League and head up north, uh, this time to the Duluth Superior area. I had the chance to talk with Anthony Bush, currently with uh, the Lake Superior Sea Dogs and formerly of the Proctor Rails. Hey, before we get to the episode, just a quick plug here. Uh, we have a website now for our podcast. It's baseballcommute.com. We'll keep adding some content to it. You can see all the episodes there, and we've got some pictures of our guests, too. So if you want to put some faces to these conversations, that's at uh, baseballcommute.com. So check that out, but let's get back to the content here. A Friday morning conversation with Anthony Bush from the Upper 13 League. All right, another episode of Small Town Baseball Commute. On my way in this morning, on a, uh, we're taping this on a nice Friday morning. Uh, it's getting darker and darker on these ways in, but we're uh, let's get to it. On the line, I've got Anthony Bush from uh, what we would call up north, but it's not quite Canada. So, Anthony, how are you doing this morning? <laughs> doing okay, thanks. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Nothing to complain about. It's 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 uh, like I said, it's Friday, so it's all good. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, so let's just get into it. Stick to the formula. Um, tell me and tell our our uh, dedicated listeners out there how did you get into town ball all the way to the point where i'm calling you up for a podcast okay um way back in 1996 i was playing at Bemidji state and came home for the summer i, I grew up outside of duluth uh, by pike lake after high school and uh looking for a team to play for and there was two teams at that time one in Duluth and one in Superior and I had a high school teammate that played at UW Superior so he was on the Superior team so I I sought them out first and it did took a little arm pulling because there was a new team back then they started the year before that was the Bayside Vipers and they wanted it to be Superior uh, people um, but they need you know, as all teams need pitching. So, um, I was, so I was brought on board. And so, uh, that was kind of, that was kind of neat because it was a new team. And so I'll always be the, the team's first, uh, rookie of the year since they didn't have one the year before. So, (laughs) um, so I was with them for several years or many years, uh, transferred to UWS. So I kept playing with them. I got I got kind of out of baseball for a while in the early 2000s, um, but then started coaching high school ball at Proctor in 04. So then I got back into playing, um, and then a couple of years later, then we started the, a new team in Proctor, uh, and that team decided to join the WBA instead of the NBA because of uh, distances. At that time, the upper 13 league, the furthest we had to go was Ashland. And there was two teams in Superior, two teams in Ashland, and then two teams in between, Port Wing and Ulu. So it was just, it was a no-brainer because the Arrowhead League in Minnesota was uh, Hibbing and, you know, Bemidji and yeah. 
you know, Ely or whatever it else had back then. And so it was like, well, this is so close here, so we'll do this one. And so anyway, so that team has been, we've changed our name several times, but we've been around since 07. And so we're now the Lake Superior Sea Dogs. Sure. So the, so uh, I was going to ask that. So Proctor, just so I'm understanding right, is on, for those of us that don't know the area that well up there, Proctor's on the Minnesota side of the border, right? Correct. Yes. It's okay. uh it's a, uh, it's a suburb of Duluth, but it goes older than suburbs. It's a it's a railroad town. It's a big uh, rail yard for the iron mines, um, tr- you know, the trains, and then there's a big sorting yard on the top of the hill um, before the trains would go down to the ore docks. Yeah. So you've had you've had the experience then of of playing, uh, help run teams, managing all that stuff on in both the WBA and the MBA then. Um, and you and I have had a couple conversations over the, over the years, uh, but what, uh, what, are, what are some of the differences that you notice between Wisconsin, playing in the Wisconsin League versus playing in the Minnesota League? Well, actually, we, many, I don't know how many years ago it was, five, six years ago or so, we were in both leagues for one summer, but that's my only experience in the MBA. Um, Got it. And yeah, yeah, but we have certainly having not guys that uh, have played for NBA teams in you know in their past and then come and play with us, uh, whether it's from their hometown and then their college, you know, they go to college here or or whatever the case may be. Uh, so I do, you know, I certainly on the border, I certainly do have experience with uh, with that. Be- yeah, because they're they're always asking, oh, do I need to get a a release you know from my old team because they would have to for sure if they were moving from one minnesota team to another and i said well yeah i mean we can we can have papers or whatever but yeah you know it's a little bit more relaxed and um and then the you know the signing the contract and you know i don't know it i think my experience with it is uh, uh, the WBA is a little bit more relaxed with things like that, but um, it, and that certainly works out okay for up here with the, you know, the teams that we play with. Uh, you know, a lot of times teams are scrambling to get their players together, and so it just you just you you put a team together. Yeah. Well, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the upper thirteen. What's uh, you know, what's your state of state of the union for the upper 13? There's been a lot of changes over the last 10 years, um, kind of up and down, but where are we at right now? Oh yeah. Where we're at now is we have a really good nucleus of teams. Um, but you know, but we're spread out. Um, and I mean, and, and the thing I like about it is it's just great people. You know, every, every, uh, Every February, I drive to Ashland for the league meeting in the dead of winter. And but I know once I get there, I'm going to be sitting down with a bunch of guys that I have such a common bond with. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's great. Um, this year was a little wonky, of course, but um, yeah, but it worked. But it worked out okay. You know, I think our guys had had a lot of fun with it. Um, we played six games. 
and because of how the things came out to start with we could only we couldn't play at home but then neither could ashland and then so and then the superior changed their policy so we did have the one home game but otherwise for our five road games we put i put on a thousand miles yeah road warriors <laughs> we had the, some of the same situation uh not in we almost had it a couple times in our league down here in the St. Croix Valley, but I know in the CRBL, uh, they had that situation with Eau Claire this summer too, uh, where nobody could play in Eau Claire. So there are a couple teams like the Bears who played everything all on the road, and it was an interesting sh- summer for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, what are, uh, you know, before, I know I want to talk about, um, we talked briefly about, uh, you know, trying to get some stuff started up there in the Arrowhead again. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about what, you know, when I say, Hey, what are some of your, some of your best memories up there in the upper 13 of things that have happened over the last however many years, what sticks out to you um, as, as some of your fondest memories so far playing ball up there? Um, For me, it was the fact that I got better with age and, and uh, you know, when I started coaching and, and learning a little bit more about how to do things and I, so I was able to um, use myself as the, you know, a guinea pig, trying things out uh, pitching-wise, and and I really saw big changes. And so I was able, so I gained, I gained a lot of confidence as a player and a coach um, from that. And so yeah, the my biggest takeaway of from it is that I got I was okay, you know, in college or whatever, but. I got, you know, I got to be like, you know, where where if I threw a ball, it was going to, you know, it was a strike and for all my thirties, you know, and so, and, and, and then a close friend of mine quit playing a couple of years ago, but you know, his, his takeaway from it is that if we hadn't started that new team, that all of his baseball memories would have been from high school and, and college you know, but but instead he has these great memories of playing all through his all through his twenties into his thirties too. So that's the that's the big takeaway for for me is to still to have been involved in something and and to have been uh, you know getting better with age. And it, it um, it's sort of a strange thing, isn't it? And what that's a that's like a Rod is that like a Rod Stewart song? That one where you know if I knew. Than what I know now, you know, when I was younger. Oh, I sure. Rod Stewart, <laughs> when I was younger. So I, uh-huh. had a, I have a good friend, Scott Warrington, who was uh, about 40 when I was probably 26, 27. And I was going through a really rough summer, just hitting about, you know, 002. Like, it, it was just awful. And I can remember mm-hmm. us sitting down somewhere, and I was talking about it, and he said, look, just – your best days of hitting are actually ahead of you. And he said, you're going to get to a point where he goes, I don't know what it is, if it's just you've seen enough pitches or or what it is, but you all of a sudden you walk up there and you just kind of know where they're going to throw the ball all the time without being totally aware of why and how. So I think part of it, some of it is just like you're talking about, you get into coaching and you learn more, and I think we know a lot more just about the mechanics of the game than we did even 10 years ago. But part of it is just, you've just seen some stuff. Um, we went and played one time in um, Nimrod. 
mm-hmm. the, that infamous Nimrod tournament over there. And we played Cold Spring, who is, you know, we pay enough attention on this side to Minnesota baseball, and we know that they're kind of one of the, one of the powerhouses. So they, they sure. threw a guy uh, whose name was Femright that everybody knew over there. I probably sound stupid not totally knowing all about this guy. <laughs> but we've got a guy down here, Tony Garner, that's a really great pitcher. And so this Femright guy, they're telling us, like, you guys are not going to hit this guy, which we didn't. <laughs> and – uh, but he was down warming up in the bullpen, and I said, he is the exact same body type as Tony, and his arm is the same and everything. This is like doppelganger, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, what he's probably going to do is he's going to throw that fastball, and if he does what Tony does, he's going to climb the ladder, and I'm going to strike out on the third pitch. So I went up <laughs> for that first at bat, and sure enough, you know, fastball at the knees, fastball kind of more at the waist, then I thought, well, he's going to, this one's going to be up above the hands. But mm-hmm. if I just swing before he even lets go of it up above my hands, we'll hit it. And sure enough, he throws it up <laughs> above my hands. And I, I'll be proud to say off that guy that I drilled that ball to right field. And then you know what nice. happened, Anthony? Huh? I ran to first and I ran as fast as I can. And the right fielder threw me out at first base. And I heard <laughs> about it for the, I continue to hear about it for the next 10 years. So. God, these yeah. guys who just are so good. They don't need help from a right fielder. They can throw out a uh-huh. 35-year-old from right. Uh, anyway, so that, yeah, well, sometimes you just you just get older and you know what to do and you don't know why sometimes, and it's weird. So. Well, that that story is funny because that, yeah, that solidified what I, what I was thinking about a bit earlier to say that, you know, when you get older, the game slows down in your mind, but it also <laughs> it also slows down because you're getting older, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So if I knew all this stuff and I could still run and I could still throw, gosh, you know, we, you and I'd probably both be drafted, right? Not to mention, like Uncle <laughs> Rico, we'd throw that football over those mountains. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, when we just got on the phone before we started recording, Anthony, I was saying I had seen uh because uh, we're we're Facebook friends. I, I saw yeah. a post that you threw out there about a survey about um, restarting some stuff up in the up in the Northwoods up there in the Arrowhead. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Um, well, I think you know I, my idea was that well, it's kind of a dream to have get to kind of get things restarted, whether it's you know try to get a local league in the in Duluth and Superior or to reintroduce um, teams in the, you know, on the, on the iron range of Minnesota. Cause I think I, you know, that, that first year, 96, I played town ball in Ely and Virginia, but I don't remember ever playing after that. So, I mean, it's been, it's been a while. And then uh, Hibbings had a team for a long time. Um, and Marble is back. They they have a strong tradition of, of uh, having a team. Um, uh, and I think now they're back now. Grand Rapids has been uh, off and on over the years. Um, so, you know, but these are, you know, these are great, great community, you know, great uh, tradition with uh, baseball. Um, and, uh, you know, I just think that, you know, if if you can kind of just get the 
get the spark and uh you know especially with that documentary if the, i just thought that if there was other people out there that were thinking like oh man this would be this would be a fun way to spend <laughs> to spend the summer yeah. uh to do this stuff um so uh, you know i it wasn't anything that just just came to me i been thinking about this for a long time um so then yeah after watching the documentary I thought well and with having some downtime this summer without working and, and stuff so I thought well I'll try to start you know start turn on a new faucet in my life and uh, see if anything flows um but yeah so I put out a survey but I'm not I'm not the best at marketing and things like that so I don't I haven't really I don't really reach out to people too much and so yeah there's been a minimal uh, response to it so i think i think i only have about nine people that have responded so far so sure. uh but that but that's indicative of i mean you know i mean if it was a thing it would it would already be a thing so it's it's yeah you know when you when you're trying to start from scratch it's like i'm gonna have to if if it if it is something that i really 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 want to pursue i have to go out and get it and then you know who knows i'll stumble upon a person or two or three that, you know, cause I'm, you know, cause there's no way uh, you can do it without having, without having, uh, you know, the core community to try to put it together. Um, yeah. And then, like I said, right. I don't know if I want it to, you know, I mean, ideally for me, especially now that I'm getting older and stuff is that it, it would be, it would be great to have a more local league than to have to, drive all you know these long these long uh trips for away games as often as yeah. we do um but yeah so, so but then again guests, either way it's going to be fine <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, i was just saying we uh-huh. can't count on gas being two two bucks a gallon that's saving us all right, right now a little bit i think too. yeah i can yeah. i can remember actually when it you remember when it shot up to about four almost five bucks a gallon sometimes and you think of yes. different places that affects us and that affected uh-huh. us in town ball because all of a sudden, although parts of it were fun, because all of a sudden we were carpooling more instead of everybody <laughs> yeah, driving right. on their own, and you know, so you get uh-huh. to tell a bunch of stories and hang out with your friends in the car. But, uh, yep. but that had a very real effect on, on scheduling and on, I mean, everything that we did. I can remember that. For sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. There was a, so, <laughs> yeah so, one one game when we went to Marinisco, Michigan. We had eight people in a suburban, so we almost had the whole team. Yeah. So you guys went as far <laughs> as how far of a drive is that? I mean, it, because we're down down near the Twin Cities, it sounds like driving. Sure. When we think driving to Michigan, we're you guys Michigan, are going to right. the We're thinking of oh, I got to yeah. go down through Chicago and then I got to go up through Grand Rapids. <laughs> like, what are we doing? How, well, how far yeah, it, across to the UP is that up is, there? It is uh, it is funny that that you cross two state lines to go play baseball, but uh, that section of Wisconsin that runs along the Lake Superior shore takes about two hours. It's a Ashland is about halfway between Superior and Hurley, and then Marinesco I think was only about twenty twenty half hour past that, not even. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah. So yeah, it was a long haul, and then of course after playing a ball game and then having to, yeah, it was a ten-hour day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so well, yeah, so there's, yeah. Fighting fish, guys. To my teammates, if you're listening, maybe this is a this is an opportunity. We could try to do a three-state tour. We could play a game in Duluth, <laughs> play a game across the across the river in Wisconsin on the way, and then make it to Michigan, and then see if we can all get home for work on Monday. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, yeah. Marinesco hasn't had a team for a while. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything going on in the UP or on, on the Western side now. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, no, that was they had a they had an interesting field uh, uh, beyond right behind the left field line was a uh, kind of it went uphill and it was tall grass and then. On the other side, on the right field line, it sloped downward, and then there was a road that had a very steep uh, downward plane to it. So one one fall ball would get lost in the weeds or roll down a hill, and the other one would go out of play and roll down a road. You could wave wave goodbye to that ball. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, we yeah we some played, of those <laughs> played some on of those some fields uh, where you just some, can't even have enough baseballs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, and that's a that's a, another another great aspect of of playing ball up here is you know play on some really amazing ball fields and then and then some other ones that you know ha- are are they're they're fun but they're unique and it and it and it makes and it makes it different. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we've had we've had players that, you know, let's say they go to UWS or UMD or whatever, and they're from the twin cities or, you know, or wherever they're from and they're used to playing on flat baseball fields or well manicured and what, whatnot. And, uh, and and then, you know, show up at a small town and they're like, Oh, I've never done this before. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's all part of the deal. (laughs) That's the, that's the absolute beauty of it, isn't it? We were uh-huh. and I was talking at one thing that came into my mind. We were talking to Keith Myers the other day from Cannon Falls, and he was talking about hiring hiring ball hawks. And one of the that's one of the pieces about running an amateur team is is just the darn cost of baseball. So if you've got a field where you've got some spots, I can remember in Spring Valley we always lost balls in this long patch of grass that was right behind home plate, but it was it was like the property of the army corps of engineers and not necessarily the school district and the city. And it was like a mess. And we had to ask, I think maybe special permission from uh, the family of Abraham Lincoln to be able to weed whack that area <laughs> right there. And we only did it one time, but it saved us about 500 bucks. That sure. Year. So yep. mm-hmm. yeah, those mm-hmm. are, those are interesting. I mean, you and I both, you know, we talked about, we both enjoyed the, that uh, documentary series that, that uh, Fox, Fox Sports did with Eric Gisselson with the all the town ball stuff in Minnesota and all the different parks. Mm-hmm. Where where do you guys play for Superior? We play at uh, Maury Arnovich Field. It's right in the heart of Superior, and the the ball field has a unique history. It's fairly old, built in the early '60s, but it is it doesn't have um, grandstand and things like that at the at the moment. Um, so, but, but the field is, is, is a great field. Um, you know, they, they, they maintain it well, which is really awesome because, you know, for years it was the only ball field in town way back when, you know, way back when Superior had a minor league, uh, stadium. Um, but, but this one, this, this Arnovich field was actually built for the Babe Ruth league for youth leagues. And so when I was a kid, it was the only ballpark in town, you know, so you had high school players playing on a youth field, you know, short fences. And all. It was called the Babe Ruth field. Um, but, but years ago they moved the fences back 
Um, and like I said, it's we have a we have a great uh, deal with um, um, with the Superior Youth Organization that runs the field for the city, and you know we have a good thing going there, and we really appreciate everything that they do. Um, but it's I just it's awesome that they maintain that field because uh, the high school team moved from it a few years ago when the high school built a new artificial uh, field on the school campus. Um, mm -hmm. And so this Arnovich field, you know, it doesn't get the use that it did for decades. Um, so it, it really, you know, it's still used by severe youth teams. Um, but of course, uh, things have opened up. And uh, so we're just really, we're just really happy that we have such a great ball field um, yeah. to play on. Well, and that speaks to another part of, of what we do in, in towns. It's important to have those good relationships with the different different organizations in town. It's kind of, it seems like it's kind of rare anymore. Um, as youth sports in, you know, Superior's obviously a bigger, Superior and Duluth obviously a, uh, you know, a bigger area, metro area type of deal. Um, mm -hmm. But even smaller towns, youth sports have gotten um, almost I don't know, corporate is maybe the word I want to use. I'm not sure what the best word is, um, but they've become so organized and they've got their own organizations where um, I think sometimes the old days of, of one guy in town being the baseball guy, like Matt Walker was talking about when I talked to him um, and kind of running everything is pretty rare anymore. So you mm -hmm. got to build those relationships, right? And, and uh, yeah, for sure. Do their part. Yep. Well, I, I don't know when they named it Maury Arnovich Field, but yeah, I have a I have a dream of uh raising some funds to get a plaque or a little statue or something of of uh Arnovich. He was a all all star player, World Series champion from Superior. So it's yeah, it's it's kinda neat to have a be playing on a ball field named named for somebody like that. Yeah. Well so I'm gonna I, uh, Anthony, I just pulled into the parking lot, but I got a couple extra minutes here. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that that reminds me of when you say that is another thing I know about you is just your your enthusiasm and your knowledge for just local baseball history, which this is my favorite part of being your Facebook friend is seeing some of the stuff <laughs> that, you, that you put up. And I, I don't uh -huh. even have the places I don't even know, and I don't, I don't you know, but – I just think some of the stuff you stumble upon is really cool. So where does that, where does that passion come from? How do you get into that? And tell us a little bit about yeah. that maybe in closing here. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that comes from um, growing up in a house that has valued history, you know, and, and local history and, you know, it was just a part of who we were and everything. And, and uh, so so it wasn't anything that I just decided to uh, pursue as an adult by any means, because I always had an interest in that uh, sort of thing. But my my take on it as as an adult and what I choose to do with my free time is it does it with it 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 allows me to have those connections to the past and um, and the fact that my parents died young so it's like i get to still connect with them it's like it's like i find stuff that i can still kind of you know my in the back of my mind i'm still sharing with them all the all the things that i'm digging up 
So I think that's oh, that's the root of it. <laughs> that's the root yeah. of it. But I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. When you know, I mean, yeah, when somebody has uh, 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 something that they that they like to do and can you know can share it with a few people here and there, and um, uh, it's a it's a it's a good thing. Um, but yeah, no, but the other part of it is like I always like I'm just being subtle. I'm like, see, you know, uh, Duluth and Superior, you know, have this really great rich. Uh, you know history with baseball it isn't you know and yeah. so it's like my little pokes to you know see <laughs> to see if uh, we can get people to bite mm-hmm. i didn't know anything about uh you know the history when growing up i grew up in rochester and you know then went to school here in river falls and and just stayed but um the history of wade stadium in duluth oh yeah um, uh-huh. i you know i didn't know a thing about that until even being a Minnesota guy until I started seeing mm-hmm. some of the stuff you were putting, and this is a few years ago now, but some of the stuff you were putting up about that. So it's just really cool. We want you give us like two little tidbits about Wade stadium in Duluth. Sure. Yeah. Wade um, was built uh, during the depression and built in, uh, opened in 1941. Um, and so, yeah, it, it still has the brick walls and, um, and the great grandstand, um, and while it was on under construction, Joe DiMaggio was in town during the winter because his first wife was from Duluth. She was an actress. And so he walked out to the home plate in the snow. And, uh, and so, so it's got this great, uh, history and it's an old timer. Now it's, uh, uh, um, on par with Carson park in Eau Claire. Um, Carson's just a few years older. Um, and, but, but when I was a kid, Wade, was in rough shape and uh but then um, minor league baseball came back in the early 90s and so then it got a fa- uh, got got a lot of work done on it and the dukes played here for a long time and then the the huskies moved in after that the summer college team um but then but then the you know the field was always still kind of rough just just because of the climate and everything and so um, about five, six years ago. So the, the, it's owned by the city of Duluth. And so they put in artificial turf now. And yeah. so it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit of, uh, his, uh, old and new, um, now yeah. it's, oh, it's a, cool. it's a great, it's a great place to be. There's, yeah, you just, you just walk in there and you're just like, okay, this is, <laughs> the, you know, there's a lot of baseball ghosts in there. Yeah. Well, baseball goes. So I love that. All right, Anthony, I got to get uh, into work here. Um, but man, thanks for the conversation this morning. Appreciate You're so it. welcome. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate it too. Yeah, thanks for coming on. All right. Have a good, have a good rest of your day. Okay, thanks. You too. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. Well, it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game.